Hello, friends around the world. Honored that you joined us tonight. Uh, if you're tuning into this broadcast on the live program, I want you. I want to encourage you to like and share this program. And uh, tonight, I'm here with my dear friend, Pastor Tim Kincannon, New Beginnings Church. We're actually sitting in his beautiful sanctuary that uh, came. It is a fulfillment of a prophecy of uh, many years of trusting God. But uh, Pastor Tim. Honored that you're with me, and uh, I have been, uh, how many years have I been at New Beginnings, Pastor Tim? Ten years. Ten years I've been coming. Well, yeah, ten years, yeah, it was 2012. Yeah, Yeah. so it's been my privilege, and I come at least once a year. I consider myself uh, part of the family Family, here, and uh, every time I come, I'm always... uh, encouraged by the hunger of the people, the pursuit of the people. And I know that that always begins with the leaders. And I believe that every community that God builds, the local church, and uh, I believe we're in a season of the local church in the body of Christ, uh, it is a reflection. The people begin to reflect, because it's supposed to be a family, the people begin to reflect the nature of the leaders. And one of the things I see is a hunger, a presence of God, a beautiful multicultural community just outside of Philadelphia. So Pastor Tim, I wanted to ask you, uh, how do you cultivate uh, a community of his presence, of revival, of outpouring, because I think uh, for me, I've been pursuing the things of the Lord, the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. In fact, one of my questions to the Lord is constantly, how do you live in a continuous outpouring of the Holy Spirit? Because one of uh, the things I observed growing up as a child, uh, growing up in Pentecost, was that you kind of see God moved maybe on a Sunday morning, Sunday night, but that abiding lifestyle of revival, the miraculous salvations, advancement of the kingdom of God, somehow it kind of be like right. that exactly. and stuff. So tell, tell, uh, tell the people about your journey into that and, and leading a group of people where really, um, I don't know if you describe it, maybe others on the outside would say that church has been in revival many years, right. but I know for you, it's not just revival, it's like this Right. abiding thing that you want to cultivate to leave to the next generation. Amen. Um, well, first of all, I want to encourage everybody who doesn't know Abner's ministry, any pastors that are out there, invite him because the Bible talks about the church being built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets. And my uh, connection with Abner in the last 10 years has been a foundational uh, relationship, uh, which has kept my uh, eye on the goal of keeping this as a presence-driven church. And the two things that uh, helped me cultivate this, the first one was uh, I was uh, discipled by a man in Spain by the name of Dan Del Vecchio, and that's Mm. what he modeled for me. Mm. You know, all he wanted to do was be led by the Spirit. So that became the standard that I was used to. Mm. You know, was hearing, you know, is this the Spirit? Is the Lord in this? You know what I mean? Mm. So, So there was no other... Uh, standard, except you know, is this the Lord? Uh, uh, we're not going to end this service until he, he he stops or he the Spirit lifts. So, I had that as part of my training, but coming back to the states and starting my own church, you know, like any pastor, you're out there, you're wondering how do I make my church grow? What do I have to do? And mm. there's all the pressure from people. Why don't we have this? Why don't we do this? How about this? And then one day the Lord spoke to me and said. 
I want you to make the church comfortable for me. Mm. Not for people. <laughs> make it comfortable for me. Which meant my eye was not on the clock. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? Uh, not that you're, uh, you know, you're aware of people's uh, schedules, but it was like, that just stuck with me when the Lord said, make your church comfortable for me. Mm. So uh, Abner's been in our meetings. So, you know, whether it's the worship and then we have time for people sharing testimonies or words of knowledge. And mm. so you're, you're, you're making room for the Holy Spirit mm. all the time. So uh, you really have to fight for that culture because mm. so many other people are fighting for their agendas. Mm. But if you're, if you're passionate about making your church comfortable for him, mm. then it's, then it behooves you to seek his face and find out, Lord, what's, what do you want then? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Something that jumped out to me, two things actually, that um, it was you were discipled and that's something I constantly hear on these conversations and some of you who are regular watchers of this program, you'll see that I'm constantly interested in people's journeys and you always hear people who are producing fruit there was someone that impacted them right. and he uh dan gave you this principle we follow the spirit right. we do what the spirit says right it's the john five model right. i only do what i see my father doing totally. and then but you come here to the u.s after being on the mission field you're in spain you meet right. your wife beth and you you feel this call to start a church but then there's this outside pressure right of uh that we often feel and some of it's not always bad but no. like hey uh to be successful a successful pastor you have to have the church grow and how do you do that what are the principles that make that work and so two things that jump out to me not just for leaders but the believer out there when god establishes a principle in your life it and you uh are not quite settled in who you are quite yet there'll be pressure, totally. outside pressure, that sometimes we think it's God, but it's not really God in a sense of like, well, these people are saying I should do this, this. And if we're not settled in our identity, right. then we'll go, okay, this is what I have to do right. to be in this position. But it takes you out of being true to the purpose of God that God has called you to be. And so you are actually trying to be something that you're not. And I find that this can be applied to almost any area of life. Yeah. We grow up, we have pressure from parents, pressure from job. This is how it works, this is how it functions. And I have learned that you you have to, you, you and, I, and I'm really thankful because I had an upbringing where I was cultivated to be an original that God called me to be. Amen. And in that originality, it was always yes you you obviously with the foundation of putting god first but uh as you put god first that it it comes out of the identity I, I, don't try and be another preacher don't try and be another this or that be who god has created you to be learn from others learn but don't become right. and give into that pressure that they have so you you start this church you got this pressure uh tell us a little bit about that journey uh well we've had First of all, the Lord spoke to me. One of the foundational prophecies I had was that he was going to, in the beginning, just put me over a few people. So you figure, okay, that's I can do that, you know. Right. But people say, well, look, don't despise the days of small things, you know. But I used to say, well, I don't despise the days. It's the decades of small things <laughs> that, that really got me. Right. But we, we kept moving. And what I found... 
out was every time the the church needed a new building um god provided it it was amazing i mean we, i think we moved nine or ten times so mm. i think our uh, unspoken motto was if you could find us you could join us you know <laughs> <laughs> we were just kind of moving in this direction but i was telling abner how we got this beautiful building is um the lord kept talking to me about a building and we tried to get some big buildings and they kind of fell through mm -hmm. and then um you know i I was saying, Lord, what are you going to do? I read a scripture and said, I cried to the Lord in my distress, and he put me in a large place. I said, Lord, put me in a large place, you know. <laughs> well, I got a call that same day after reading that scripture from a broker who said, I've got a property you might be interested in. Uh, this is the one you're seeing now. So we, my wife, Beth, and I, we drove over here. We went through here. We loved it. <clears throat> and as we were leaving, a car pulls up, and it's the pastor, a guy who I haven't seen in 10 years, who I used to know real well. I didn't even know... He, he was the pastor here. I thought he was, because of some medical issues, he had actually stepped down from ministry, but he was here. So he said, well, and he said, do you like this building? I said, we love it. He said, what are you doing with your building? Because this, this building, their congregation was shrinking. Mm. So we drove over to our old building. He loved that. And he said, let's do a switch. Now, how often do you hear that? Mm. You, a guy's going to give up a bigger facility mm -hmm. to take something smaller. And it was like a kingdom moment, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Where... It, we weren't building our kingdom. It was his kingdom. Yeah. Know? So that was great. I want to back up for a minute because there's a backstory to getting this building. Oh, it is. I real. mean, there's a great backstory. Yeah. How many years were you in this smaller facility that you were renting? And we began New Beginnings in 1983. 1983. And we got in here in four years ago. So that's 17 and 18, 35 years. 35 years. And in those 35 years, you're, you're in how many different locations? Eight, eight different places. You're in eight different locations. Right. And the one that I knew you at was at... That was, of, that was in Moorestown. Yeah, Moorestown. Right, yeah. And how long were you there? We were there probably the longest. We were probably there 10 years. Okay, you were there 10 years. Yeah, yeah. And the whole time, you're usually pretty packed out, no room. Yeah. And, uh, and you're just... Well, that's what that I think, you know, uh, that was the pressure to keep looking for something. Right. And my wife, Beth, who is, you know, has a, a, a real keen eye for opportunity. She was saying, what about this? What about that? You know, mm -hmm. and uh, uh, and I was never going to move just for the sake of moving. And I, and I really, as I was saying to Adam before, it was God providing each and every place, mm -hmm. you know, um, that was always amazing to me. And the Lord said to me, he said, you be faithful to me, I'll be faithful in getting you a place. Mm. So the pressure was off in a sense. I mean, everybody wants their own building. Everybody wants to move in that direction. Right. But, you know, you realize you're a season like uh, the Israelites where you're the clouds moving and you're kind of breaking yeah, yeah. down your tents and moving to the next place. Yeah, you know what yeah. I mean? But the thing that guided us was the, um, the presence of God and then connecting with... Um, the apostolic network of Randy Clark, and that's where I met Abner. And all of a sudden, that took our church to a whole new level in understanding our identity, uh, how to equip and disciple people in the supernatural, uh, how to create schools of supernatural ministry. I mean, it was like uh, a season of acceleration for us, I should say. I, I believe that like this building was just a prophetic sign of a culmination of a season of things. Right. Because I know that you have been on this journey of moving in the presence of God, moving in the power of God. When you start New Beginnings, are you 
in your mind, are you, you consider like, like a classic Pentecostal church when it starts? Ha, what's the expression? Well, of that, that was, community? well, yeah. the backstory is, well, yeah. I actually came, when I left Spain, came back to the States, I took over the church that I was saved in. It was an old line Pentecostal church, you know, mm. and uh, I quickly found out that a prophet is not without honor. <laughs> <laughs> so coming back to the church that I was saved in, it was a, a tough transition for the people there because they used to say to me, um, who do you think you are? And I said, well, the sign on my office says, pastor, who do you think I am? <laughs> but it was like, and then I asked the Lord one time, I said, what, what's happening here? And he said, you can't put new wine into old wineskins. Hmm. And I knew that season was coming to an end. How long were you the pastor of that church? Almost three years. Three years. Yeah. And, and you go, okay, yeah. I got to move on. No, they threw me out. Oh, they threw you out. They, <laughs> they, they, they encouraged you to resign. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so so you, you're on the mission field for how long? For two years. Come back here. You're married. You meet your wife on the mission field. Right. She's an ex-hippie. Right. You guys been on the mission field. <laughs> three years. That doesn't work too good. And then how much, how much long or after that do you start your beginnings? Probably over a year. You wait a year. I was I wasn't actually waiting. I was just disillusioned uh -huh. you know, because I'm thinking, uh, is this what I signed up for? Uh, is the kingdom of God is church more politics than presence? Uh -huh. You know what I mean? It's just right. like where's our emphasis? You know what I mean? And I was like uh, really kind of grappling with this. And then how the Lord uh, opens doors and makes things seamless and transition sometimes is. Uh, two other guys I knew that I worked with in Spain, they got married in Spain, and they were coming back to the States. Okay. And I knew Dan Del Vecchio, the apostle we were working over there, he was coming back almost at the same time. So I could see God turning the vice, getting me, you know what I mean, just saying, okay, it's time to stop licking your wounds and, and, and move forward, you know. So when those guys came back, that's how we started New Beginnings. But we all had the same DNA of wanting to follow the presence of God and the, and the leadings of the Holy Spirit. So... Uh, it was a it was a great team to begin with. And know? in those thirty five years, do you stay the course with the presence and those things happen? Yeah. yeah. But the thing is, what encouraged me more than anything else is that I would go to churches, friends of mine, pastor friends of mine, bigger churches, you know, and I could see what we were doing. That I didn't see it there. I didn't see people following the presence so much. I would see the program was more important than the presence, you know. And I thought, well. I wouldn't want to change this, you know, what we have. And I, over the years, I was I was offered two or three different churches mm. to take over with the proviso that I have to downplay the presence. And it was like, you know, I said, no, nah, he's the prize, so what are we doing, you know? And then, what, maybe 10, 12 years ago, there's something significant that happens that leads to you and I connecting in Global Awakening. Right. right. Was, there's an encouragement to... Well, what happened was a, a, a friend of mine who is up in Harrisburg who works with uh, Life Center mm -hmm. and those churches... He'd been he, working with you for years, Yeah, right? Rob yeah. Stoppard. Yeah. And Rob saw me reading Bill Johnson's book, When Heaven Invades Earth. And he said, oh, he said, uh, do you want to meet him? But, well, I want to meet him. I want to marry him. <laughs> I, I just want to say, too, uh, for people watching this broadcast, I don't know how long it's been since that book has been out. I think maybe 2005 or something. Right, right. But I, I think that when when Bill transitions from the earth, I think that will be probably his most one significant. Of, significant. Yeah. But I remember uh, even before that book came out, somebody gave me, a CD of his, and I thought, 
this guy is like speaking language that has been in my heart. And then of right. course the book comes out and I devour it in like two or three days. And I'm just saying that for people who are hungry for right. these things, the presence of God, the spirit of God, the spirit empowered lifestyle, uh, the, the John Wimber model where everyone gets to, in a right. sense, do the work of the ministry. Right. This was such a pivotal book, and st- like I- I'm saying this because this stirs the hunger it of does. God. Yeah. And so you're reading this book, and then yeah. you you what you go to this conference. Well, what happened? Rob said Bill Johnson's going to be up at Life Center in Harrisburg uh, this weekend. Uh, there's a little, there's a pastors conference, a small group. Why don't you come up and uh, meet him? And when I went up there. Um, I was just dumbfounded. Like you said, it was like he paints a road map uh, into the presence of God, into the supernatural. It's like everything you wanted to do, he basically is doing. It's not like it's theory. Yeah, yeah, He's yeah. He's doing yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, here's a pattern I'm seeing in our conversation here. You start out, you get born again, God connects you with someone whose who's life his, his ministry is built and he disciples you in this follow the presence of the Lord right you're you're, you're you're pursuing the presence of the Lord you're stewarding the moment as much as you know you got that little detour with the three years but if your your heart remains the same right you stay the course maybe have small group of people but you're staying the course and because you're you're uh, you're the compass of your heart remains the same right God now brings somebody into your life totally. that can, in a sense, you're friends with Rob for years. He connects you with someone. And so what I'm saying is this, is that I believe when our hearts are positioned correctly, we steward the moment. You know, I'm sure there was lots of challenges. We've talked about some right. of it. What's God doing here? Right, right, How come right. our church isn't growing? What's right. wrong with us? And right. we're at eight or nine different locations. That we're, that, I also see this because if somebody walked into New Beginnings today, they would go, wow, this is a beautiful facility. How many square footage is this? 22,000. 22,000 square feet. Sanctuary that seats about 400 people, right? And right. Then, yeah, you know, children's offices, everything you need. And this is the backstory, though. Right. Right, years right. of eight, nine different locations. And then there's this pivotal moment that doesn't happen right away. You, you've been pastoring for years. Right. Now you go up there and you have now a man, in a sense, who's leading a movement that I believe I'm a part of, and he gives language to it. Absolutely. And your your heart's now exploding. Right. So pick up that story there. Yeah, so that was, Bill stood up and he quoted, um, as a famous verse he uses in Luke, he said, up up until uh, this time, he says, the law and the prophets have been proclaimed up to the time of John the Baptist. But now that the kingdom of God has been proclaimed, everybody's fighting to get in. And Bill said, does that sound like your church? Mm. Anybody fighting to get in? I said, whoa. He said, if you know what the kingdom is, uh. and you pursue the kingdom of God, and you proclaim the kingdom, not church, not churchianity, mm. but the kingdom of God, people want that 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 we have a built-in hunger for the real deal yeah i mean that's that's how we got saved yeah yeah you know there's something inside would said yes to jesus in the beginning yeah and it's only man who basically says okay uh the 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 the, the meal's over Uh cafeteria is closed yeah Uh, you know what i mean so you get used to a meager diet you know what i mean you have this uh holy ghost light atmosphere Uh you know less filling yeah 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 (laughs) so what happens? So Tell from, us from, about that journey. Did, so, you, did, did you get prayer from Bill that day? 
Um, no, but this was the first time um, I'm, I'm in a room and I'm actually seeing feathers falling. And I'm, uh. this is a brand new facility up in Harrisburg. And from my perspective, I said, wow, that's a shame. These guys got a great new building and they got a pigeon problem. <laughs> I mean, I, I didn't know any of this stuff. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. So I went up to one of the staff pastors. I said, that's a shame. You got a great building, but you got this pigeon problem. He said, they're not pigeon feathers, mm. you know. So I thought, what kind of the dynamic is this place? So Rob, who introduced me to the people up there and Bill, he said, well, look, he said, if you really want to pursue all of this, he said, you ought to tap into Randy Clark. I said, you mean in Toronto? He said, no, he's across the river in Mechanicsburg. I said, what is this, Goshen up here? Like, there's, a, there's a portal, an open heaven in this place. So I went to um, uh, Randy's Voice of the Apostles. And all of a sudden, now it's not just Bill. It's Randy. It's Cheon. It's John Arnott. It's the Roland and Heidi Baker. Uh, all of a sudden, you realize, oh, this is unbelievable. It's not just one guy who has a message. Mm -hmm. This is a movement. Yeah, yeah. And it was like, and this is how I met Abner because mm -hmm. I go to the voice of the prophets. I'm just walking around and he comes out just in the crowd like it happens up there. This guy starts prophesying over me about the glory of God visiting this church. He has no idea that that was my prayer back in Spain when God asked me this question. This was after like a, an hour of intercession on the beach. He said, what do you want? And I knew if I said I want a 57 Corvette, he'd get it for me. You yeah, I mean? yeah. But I knew what this was a holy moment of what do you want? And I was panicking because I'm thinking, well, should I pray for me and what I want? Or should I, is the more noble thing to pray for the ministry and the people, you know? And I'm torn. I'm thinking, can I ask two questions? You know? And the Lord brought, brought back to me uh, Moses' prayer in Exodus 33, where Moses... Uh, says to God, if you don't come up, if your presence does not go with us, don't take us up from here. So how shall we be known from all the other people on the earth if it's not your presence going with us? Mm. And I wanted the presence. And then his next prayer was for him, he said, show me your glory. Mm. So that's what I prayed on the beach that day. I want your presence and I want your glory, mm. you know? So when you came up mm -hmm. and downloaded that, mm. you know, this is goes back, you know, 30 years before that wow that confirmed that prayer on the beach that day it was like okay this is still alive and in what you're experiencing does that change even your approach of how you're ministering to your people and what's taking place in your meetings what how do you practically apply what you're hearing from these guys in your leadership capacity here at New Beginnings? Well, what happened was surprising to me because we're quote-unquote Pentecostal. So right. now you're talking about the supernatural. You're already spirit-filled people. But, but half, half the people left. Is that right? Why is that? If, if you're into this world, there's a lot of critics out there. All you have to do is go on Google and and write in Abner's name, my, anybody's name. <laughs> I have people in our, in, our, in our YouTube channels on Sundays who will criticize the clothes I'm wearing. I mean, it's just like, you, wow. you just have this. So people would say, oh, I read this thing about Randy Clark, or I read this thing about this person, or, mm. and are we going to get involved with this? And, mm. and they would leave. And I would be like, so how I had to change the DNA of the church, I thought, this is not going to happen unless I bring these people to these meetings. So for a period of two years... But let me just pause for a minute. Previously, did you have the gifts of the Spirit operating in your church? Did you... Yeah, but not... I mean, I always prayed expecting, but we never saw anything. Okay. You know what I mean? Okay. So, so we had a formula. So this is, this is a, a really good point. 
because you never denied it, never right. said it wasn't in scripture. Right. But but it was what you got around gave you kind of a lens of how to apply this totally. in a corporate setting and in your personal life. People would always say, if you go to the extreme, you're going to have people disappointed because they're going to believe it. And what happens if they don't get healed? Uh-huh. And I'd say, well, what happens if they do get healed? Okay. You know what I mean? Okay. But a lot of them had been offended in the past. I prayed to God, this person to get healed. I, I prayed okay. for this person. This person died. And I remember reading this uh, uh, conversation that John Wimber had with the Lord. He wrote it in this uh, his uh, book. And the Lord asked him this question. He said, uh, when are you going to believe me and my word as opposed to what your eyes see? Hmm. And I realized that was the ultimate challenge for me. Is it the word of God? Is it the will of God? Or is it what I'm seeing out here? Am I going to create a theology based on human experience or a theology based on what he says? Hmm. So is it what he says versus what I see? So it was like, so there's, Bill talks about this healthy tension where you have to contend for the kingdom of God when you're not seeing but you know what he says and you almost have to bring these two together until you start seeing the reality of all of a sudden now we started seeing miracles you know the deaf ears open uh uh people with degenerative uh disc disease uh people with uh we've had five women healed of cancer i mean we see it all the time wow you know what i mean so uh but that took focus and contending you know there's a and in Romans 4, when talking about Abraham, there's a verse, I think it's verse 20. It says, and with respect to the promise of God, you know, he, he didn't uh, uh, grow weak in faith, but actually grew stronger in faith, being fully convinced that what God said he was able to do. Mm. And I looked at that word respect because there's like different translations. And one of them says to look away from everything else and focus on one thing. Mm. So it was like this laser focus of looking at the promise of God, like with Abraham with respect to the promise, look away from the death of his body, the deadness of Sarah's womb. You know, you look away from all, he didn't deny that it was real, right? but he just focused on the reality of what God said. <clears throat> Excuse me. And then when I began to do that is when we saw a breakthrough, mm. just going after what, what he said and not caring. I used to tell people, look, if nothing's happening, blame me, you know? Right. I mean, I, but, you know, I'm not backing away from I'm having too much fun. I mean, right. I'm 71 years old. I'm having the time wow. of my life. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm not backing down from this one minute. And, you know? and I want to say, I think when you pursue what I call like normal Bible Christianity, there is those things that you don't understand. There is those by aunt dying of cancer, all these things. But I have learned what you just say, that you stay focused. All right. You don't, you keep your heart guarded from offense of what you don't understand. Right. The word says this, I haven't seen this, and I'm practicing, I'm doing everything I know how. And I want you to pray as we close this program. I want you to pray um, for the people watching this. Okay. Because there's people watching this, and I know part of the reason people watch this is because you are a group of people. That's that's our that's our vision as a ministry, equipping reformers to display the brilliance of God. It is the Word of God is our highest standard. The Word of God, which says, if you believe, you'll not only do the works that God is doing, but greater works. My great friend here uh, told us a little bit about his journey, where he starts off in this, and maybe is is being faithful but doesn't see the breakthrough. Maybe that's where you're at. Maybe you're at a place of disappointment. Maybe you haven't seen the breakthrough. But we're going to pray for you today because I, I want to say this. God 
is faithful. You may not understand it. You may even be doing everything you know how to do the will of God, and it just doesn't seem like you're experiencing what God said is possible. And I want to pray today because the word of the Lord to you, even as you watch this broadcast, is you are going to break through, and you will see the goodness of God in the land of the living. God wants you encouraged. He doesn't want you. Part of, part of how life is meant to be lived is that you do experience these things. And God wants you encouraged. And, and we're encouraged when we see what God has said in his word. Amen. And it encourages us to stay the course. And you will see it. And the reason we need to stay encouraged is because it is very difficult. I have learned it is very difficult to bring hope to people when you're lacking hope in yourself. Amen. And so... I just want you to pray as we close this, our first broadcast together. Okay. We'll be back next week for uh, round number two uh, that um, that people would just be encouraged. Whatever phase they're in today, Amen. whether they're experiencing uh, great things or, they, they, or they're not, that if they're experiencing great things, greater breakthrough. If they're Amen. disappointed and if they've never seen anything, the will of God is for you to see everything you see in the, in the book, in, in, in the Bible as a believer. Amen. Uh, one verse that I want to leave with you um, in one of these seasons where I was uh, not seeing anything and wondering, you know, where God was and where am I on the timeline? You know, when you walk into a mall, you know, you have a, a map in the mall that says you are here. You know what I mean? Yeah. Sometimes you want one of those things in your life, like, you know, and you're not sure. But the verse that the Lord gave me was Psalm 138, verse 8. It says this, the Lord will accomplish what concerns me. And that's what I want to encourage with. He will accomplish what concerns you. What concerns you concerns him because that's his desire in you to yeah. do those things. Amen. Okay, so hold on to that thought that he will accomplish what concerns you. So, Heavenly Father, I just thank you for your saints. I thank you, Father, for yes, Lord. your passion for you, Lord. I thank you for uh, everyone here, Lord, uh, that needs a fresh wind of encouragement to blow through their sails, Lord. Just let your Holy Spirit yes, blow through their hearts and minds, Lord, letting them know uh, that you will accomplish what concerns them and the great works that they want to do. He says you will do them. Yes, And Lord. we thank you, Lord, for these great works that you've invited us uh, to partake with you in doing and building your kingdom. And I just have a word of knowledge. Can I share it? Yeah, go. Okay. Slow. Um, uh, I, I'm just carrying in my in my spirit now uh, inner ear infections. I don't know whether it's vertigo or any of these inner ear issues. I'm just getting a sense that God wants to touch uh, inner ear issues with people. It could be tinnitus. It could be who knows what it is. But it's one of these things uh, that uh, affects uh, a number of people. Uh, and I believe that God wants to uh, heal you of that. And the other word he keeps giving me is lupus. Um, Thank you, Lord. And I really believe that if you are struggling in that area, because I know people who have had it, uh, and I know how debilitating it is, but I just released the word of the Lord right now that uh, you are healed if you're struggling in the area I agree. of lupus. In the and name I thank of you Jesus. for that, Father. In, in Jesus', Jesus name. name. And I just, uh, I just saw like the angel of the Lord ministering to many of you and just pouring fresh oil to stay the course, to be filled with the power of God. We have many fillings, so I release a fresh filling of the Holy Jesus. Spirit. And somebody's neck is being healed. Somebody's right ear is opening Jesus. now. Uh, blind eyes being opened. Lower back pain being healed. Heart condition being healed. Arthritis being healed. Uh, effects from COVID in the name of Jesus Thank being you, healed.
Thank you, Jesus. Headaches being healed. Thank you, Lord. Uh, in the name of Jesus, we just declare healing power in Jesus' name. Amen. Jesus' name. I want to thank you for joining us for tonight's broadcast. Next week, don't miss next week, 6.30 Eastern uh, on AdverseWires.com and all our social media uh, platforms. We'll be back with part two with Pastor Tim Kamkana of New Beginnings Community Church. And if you are in the South Jersey area, just outside of Philadelphia, and you don't have a home church, I want to encourage you. What's the website that they can... Uh, it's ournbcc.net. O-U-R. Okay. NBCC.net. Visit Sunday mornings, 1030, Wednesday nights, 7 o'clock, 7 o'clock for prayer. And uh, God bless you guys. Thank you for joining us. As always, thank you to our partners and friends who make this broadcast possible. We got lots of events coming up in the spring. I want to encourage you to uh, check those out on abdursuarez.com. Also, one of the great weekends, Holy Spirit intensive holy spirit intensive june 3rd through the 5th 2020 oak island retreat center limited space available also if you feel connected with this ministry the bible teaches a wise man walks with wise men prayerfully consider partnering with us god bless you uh thank you so much for tuning in always so honored when people take their quality time to spend with us and we'll see you next week here on abner